I know when I was two years old, I learned this was me and that was a tree, Mm -hmm. but hear me out. What if we're the same fucking thing? Mm -hmm. What if I don't exist without that tree and that tree doesn't exist without me and this environment is all interconnected? Like that completely shifts the way that we experience life. Welcome to Conversations with Sarah, a podcast of exploration, vulnerability, and curiosity, in which I seek to bring more understanding and compassion to the human experience. This episode is with my friend David Carzell. He has been on the podcast before. Some of my earliest episodes, uh, I had David on, and that was amazing. And I'm so glad to be able to share this episode with you today. It's actually from a series that we call Your Spiritual Friends, which we record live on YouTube on David's YouTube channel, Motivational Speaker. So we recorded it live on YouTube and we're both sharing it to our own individual platforms. David also has a podcast called Daily Motivation. And he has TikTok and Instagram, all motivational speaker. So definitely make sure to follow him. I'll put his information in the show notes and how to find his podcast and his YouTube so that maybe next time we record live, you can join us for the conversation. It's always so fun to have an audience that is participating with us while we're talking about some of these things. You know, we're talking, of course, my spiritual friends, we're talking about spiritual things. This episode, we're talking about Christianity. We're talking a little bit about Easter, a little bit about storytelling. And I think it, it is one of my favorite episodes that I've ever done with David favorite conversations that we've ever had. I feel like we talked about a lot of stuff and really got into some of the nitty gritty of some of our favorite things to talk about, which is essentially the human experience and the evolution of waking up in a sense. I know that sounds very cheesy and cliche, but I think you'll enjoy the episode So without further ado, take a listen. If you like what you're hearing, please leave me a rating and a review. It's really helpful, I think, for people who maybe are finding the podcast to know a little bit about what it's about and to see that other people like it. And it also just means a lot to me to get your feedback. So Anyway, without further ado, please enjoy this episode with David Carzell, the motivational speaker. Got it. Got it. Hell, yes. Are we allowed to say hell? Yes, you can say. <laughs> you can say hell, please. Please keep it PG today with our podcast. Hello. Hello. And welcome to your spiritual friends. What's up? Got it. Your spiritual friends, we're here. (laughs) (laughs) What's up? Oh, I I should have, uh, I didn't play the music. I have a whole music thing. I have a music cue that I took an album, but it's cool. It's cool. Fix it in post. What's up, man? Me, I'm the man. Um, (laughs) In my head, I imagined you were just talking to someone else. Nope. Um, nope. I was uh, still getting stuff set up and kind of riffing. And then obviously I, I was looking at your face on YouTube and not in the zip. So I was really, <laughs> like, man, like a weird delay. 
She's not hearing me. What's up with her right now? Damn. All right. Tight. Hey, I'm David. I'm Sarah. And this is your spiritual friends. We did something. It's good to be something. here. It is good to be here. Um, yeah, man. I'm, I'm excited. It's Easter week. You know. Have you done any like, Easter activities? I, I um, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I bought peeps. I bought peeps. Um, That's an Easter activity. Do you like them? Like, do you eat them? No, uh, Sammy likes them. Okay. They're not for me so much. I hate them. I think they're so gross. But I like marshmallows. I feel like I might like peeps for like a a stage. Like, I feel like I'll eat like a a sleeve of peeps and then hate myself for like three years. You know what I mean? it's just like why did I like I see him for like the next three years and I, I remember I hate him and then like oh, enough time passes and I'm like I'm gonna eat a sleeve of peeps yeah like, yeah you forget you're like maybe it's good maybe it's good maybe I like I would like to try peeps in another country honestly interesting I yeah like, you know I mean because like we have such terrible laws regarding food I bet it's just mm-hmm. like regular shit it's probably pretty delicious what if they're so good in like France <laughs> that would be amazing <laughs> It's so hot if peeps were lit at somewhere else, man. Oh my god. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, no peeps are the extent of my Easter. What about you? We I tried to dye some Easter eggs. We mm. got wooden eggs, and because we watched a video and they used wooden eggs, but I think they probably used like a totally different type of paint, totally different. Like we tried to like marble yeah. them, you know, which requires creating some type of surface tension on the water so the paint sits on top mm-hmm. and doesn't just like become brown water <laughs> when you add yeah. different things it was we made a really good mess but we did not successfully die you didn't get the successful like marbling effect you guys didn't get any we the, none of the paint would even stick to the wood <laughs> like, oh, that, yeah. it was just it was just a complete disaster but i feel like it was what fun because i always am wanting to celebrate holidays like carving pumpkins or dying easter eggs mm-hmm. and i pretty much never end up doing anything so it was i was glad to do that that's that's life in Asheville, north carolina you just you you do that you You're celebrate the holidays <laughs> what are you doing this is the internet people are crazy stop stop <laughs> i mean i mean raleigh <laughs> is that better <laughs> no no uh, i'm not man. used to being famous <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh did you do uh easter stuff growing up like did you ever do like easter egg hunts or any of that yeah stuff? there's a video like a home video of me and my two cousins looking for easter eggs and my <laughs> my younger cousin has like a huge basket of like he found all the eggs and then they're, they're like oh how many do you have he's like 10 or whatever and they're like oh sarah how do you, how many do you have and i'm like none or like one or something <laughs> so we did some kind of easter egg hunts i'm jewish but right um my cousins their dad is grew up catholic so we we've done some of the christian holidays christian holidays yeah them i feel like so i got some fun times when I think of Easter I just think like I'm gonna eat a huge chocolate bunny which I never do but it's like that feels like so exciting when I think of Easter I think of like 
old school, like old school, like going to church as a kid. I was going to say like the resurrection. The resurrection, <laughs> the, the real reason for the season. The Old the school season. resurrection. The old school <laughs> resurrection swag, you know, that uh, occult ceremony. Let me stop before we get in trouble. Um, let's back up. Uh, so that's actually kind of what, it, what we wanted to talk about tonight and um, was just with Easter coming up, we were like, oh, it might be cool to talk about like uh, our sort of experiences in the Christian church or with Christianity around that space. And kind of, uh, I don't know, I also want to talk about maybe bridging the gap between maybe a sort of uh, spiritual sort of understanding of things um, and a more sort of traditionally Christian religious kind of thing as well. I think that would be fun. But uh, yeah. I love this because like when I think back to like my childhood experience with Christianity, it was like me as like basically a hardcore atheist, um, like getting in so many fights with the Christians in my school, like people that I knew, like I would just, I would just, I was, I was kind of a jerk. (laughs) I would just be like, you're so dumb. Like, how can you believe that? Like, I was just like very much like in that kind of like intellectual elitist science, like no, I had no, um, like spiritual understanding. Like, so I couldn't even relate to them on any type of spiritual level, regardless of, you know, like how they, thought of it I mean I would just yeah I get in so many arguments so it's so fun like now I'm just like it's hilarious that I'm on this uh having this conversation <laughs> right now I'm like oh I'm on a podcast talking about Christianity and the, I was just like what <laughs> yeah my 16 year old self would be like what's happening <laughs> what where like I was like I can't even picture it. I mean I can kind of picture yeah. it, but not not really like that's so funny to me like you're such a compassionate loving person like to, to even like in my head trying to imagine that it seems like it must have been I feel like it, it have you seen new girl you know how like Winston's like bad at pranks he like he just takes things too far he like doesn't have a real gauge on it mm. and he'll be like oh like you know um I kidnapped your family they're gonna die so she's like, like it feels like that's what it would have been like watching you do that because you yeah. just like it seems like a, a, a suit that wouldn't have really fit you well, just naturally. <laughs> you're so fucking sweet. And you're just like, you're dumb. And you're like, you're doing a much, bit much, I think. <laughs> I was very analytical as a teenager. So I was very much like, if I can't understand it with my mind, then it's not real. Now I'm the yeah. opposite. I'm like, if I can understand it with my mind, it's not real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally switched. <laughs> The bar. That's a bar. So you, uh, right. Cause you, you're Jewish and like, so you didn't come up like necessarily like in, in the church at all, like in the, the Christian whatever, church at all, which I think is always an interesting perspective because I'm like, you know, I had the exact opposite sort of experience of like, that was my like upbringing. Like I could breathe. I was in the church. Like that's what it was. And so not having that sort of outside looking in experience at all, you have zero perspective. Yeah. And so I was just like, oh, like more Kool-Aid. Like, what are we doing? Like, this is, this is hot. Turn it up. Like, let's get it. Uh, you were into it. I was into it, man. I really liked it. I was like, I, I think this is, this is, this is it. I didn't really know anything else, but I genuinely like, I really enjoyed church. I liked going to church. I like being around that kind of stuff. 
I don't know why it was. Were you connecting with it spiritually? Like, this is what I don't understand. Cause when I was a kid, I was connecting with everything only on like an intellectual level. So for me, religion, if I couldn't make sense of it, you know, intellectually, then I was just like, this is BS kind of. I couldn't make sense of much, many things intellectually though, as a kid. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Like I, I had a very sort of, um, I wasn't necessarily a highly conceptual person. I definitely mm-hmm. leaned more in the emotional space. Mm-hmm. And that's something that transcends language, right? It's yeah. like underneath that. And I, I imagine that's probably a lot of what I was connecting to, um, which probably made the sort of cognitive dissonance that it took to kind of maybe look somewhere else a little different for me. Because mm-hmm. like, you know, um, I could feel everybody's like intention and I could feel mm. like the truth the essence. these words, right? The essence of it, but that wasn't what I was actually seeing being presented. And I think mm. that sort of became the, 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 the bit that my psyche couldn't like make cool with. Like that I always have, these, like, yeah, like that weird disconnect. I would always have these weird conversations with my mom about that, like about the preacher and like how I'm like, Nothing about what happened today matches any of what I'm getting from this book. I'm very mm. confused right now, right? We got to really get down to it. And so, yeah, and just the way that people behaved, it just never matched. It was like Sunday was one thing and then every other part of the week, it was something else. Um, and I, I just, it just didn't really, it always really confused me. It always felt like I was like in on something, like I was just playing along with something that like, oh, we all know this is bullshit. I guess we're just doing that. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. Like, I think there's a lot of great things that church does, um, but just those sort of big general questions. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so interesting that you were able to get the essence when you didn't feel like it was being sort of like presented in a way that made sense to you or like that it, that people were living it. Um I don't know. I'm like, how did you get the essence? Like, I feel like I just didn't get the essence of it, like at all. <laughs> like it wasn't really until I I had my own sort of spiritual awakening that I was started to be like, oh, I could just like go to any church, any synagogue, any whatever. And I feel like I could connect to it regardless of how it was being presented to me. I mean, I'm sure I would have a preference, you know, for someone, you know, who's yeah, that's a, feeling it. I, but. I, I feel the same. I, I, I don't know. I, I think I, I I just I I think nothing would surprise. I don't think it would be surprising anybody like in my life that like it's all that that I'm here now that I'm, we're having this conversation mm-hmm. would not be surprising to people in my life. Like I've always kind of been obsessed with that, but also the nature of story. I've mm-hmm. never been. Yeah, I was always really fascinated by the, the, the how story was like infused in the Bible, and I think a lot of that is what transcends the dogma, right? The the way these stories are constructed in a way, they're still essentially Gnostic texts. Like the whole thing (laughs) is just laced with symbolism. We just got the least weird versions of it, right? And so (laughs) like um, the the stories and, and how, and not like just their interpretations of them, but I would like genuinely like go deep and be like, go deep. I would actually read them myself. I like, I hear what you're saying and I get that. But like, at some point I usually get so bored in church. I'd be like, oh, you know, I'm just going to go, I'm going to read this while you're talking. Cause this is ridiculous. And just like read the stories and be like, oh, this is lit. Like, yo, wow. this is, 
And so I think the purpose of those stories, though, too, is is they're sort of telling the sort of perennial truth again and again and again and again and again, just with in different ways. And mm. the story gets it like pushes your sort of conceptual mind out of the way and drops you into this space of this character where you're on this experience and the experience that you're having is mirroring the experience of like becoming of, of, of spiritual unfolding. And so just being with the story, being with the words, however screwy kablooey they become, um, if you can connect to one where you're not so obsessed with like the meanings that you've been given to and genuinely just like, okay, you know, how do I feel about this? What comes up for me when I read this? It, it, a lot of the time it can get behind a lot of the, the silliness that I, that you experience, I think. Wow. That, yeah, that's fascinating to me. Cause yeah, I feel like in time we've had conversations about story before with like hero movies or Marvel movies or, or whatever, those kind of action movies. I feel like I don't really like, it's hard for me to connect to them. So I feel like mm-hmm. I always think of I'm always like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what the purpose of story is like in, in my life. But then I was kind of thinking like, oh, well, relationship stories, like more like indie movies and stuff like that. I feel like I can like immerse myself and feel what's coming. Like, I feel like I do learn about myself Mm -hmm. from those things, but I really never thought of using Bible stories as going on a journey like that. And, and like, immersing yourself in the story of that I feel like bible the bible is like not that easy to read so I'm also like it's so curious that you like as a child were just able to connect to it so readily Hmm. yeah that's so interesting you said that's so fun that's always been my sort of experience of story yeah because I I think yeah I I was really interested in in that aspect, but I feel like story gets your conceptual mind out of the way in such a great way that like, it pushes your ego kind of aside. You're not thinking about your egoic state of being when you're involved, when you're truthfully like immersed in a story. Hmm. And so from start to finish, you're out of the way. You're really just being this character and these characters in real time. And the sort of, I feel like the sort of transcendent space of which all stories kind of come from, Mm -hmm. uh, the more sort of clean that transmission, the the more aligned and, and more intuitively resonant stories can become to people. And so the ones that are in the Bible, I think the reason they've stuck around even for as long as they have is like, there is something there that people are just like, they don't even know what it is. They don't have to understand it. And so I think that there's a reason why there's like, they've used the Christ story. I mean, we, of, of what we know of, use it like 16 times. It's compelling right. and it gets the point across of like what we're pointing to. Um, there's a reason that everybody's got a flood story. There's a reason that people have, everybody has similar creation stories. Like these perennial archetypes resonate on such a deep level that like, I think it was your friend who told me that. Um, she had this quote about how certain 
the the right essentially it's i'm butchering it but like she's essentially saying the right sort of teaching is going to find you when you're ready for it Mm -hmm. like the exoteric aspects of it if you're just like a kid and you're like oh man snakes are weird that's weird like cool but like there's it's there's being dropped in there and then the the kind of more your awareness expands the more your understanding of that story is going to expand and so you'll go from like you know kitty to exoteric to maybe bible college to atheist agnot whatever and then like you know, maybe you come back a mystic and it's a completely different experience for you. I mean, yeah. Yeah. This is actually, I feel like I've not, you're like, I'm, my brain is like exploding right now. So <laughs> talking about this, cause it's just making me think of so many things. For example, like the, like one of the things I was thinking about is my intellectualism and analysis brain, I think prevented me from connecting with the story right because like I'm going well is it realistic that two of every animal is getting on the ship you know what I mean which I think Mm -hmm. is like what a lot of people do who are atheists or who like lean that way is they like look at the facts of the story and they're trying to take it as like a historical document of like did this happen in this way and if not then it's a useless piece of writing or whatever you know it's a useless story it's a use like there um and I think now as I've like you know had my spiritual awakening and I'm kind of connecting with things on a more maybe like mystical level or maybe it is like maybe a more story level or I'm like more connected with like the experience of being (laughs) human rather than like the facts of like external world or something you know, mm-hmm. like that's when you you can really go like, okay, what is this sharing with me? And like, ha- what about this feels relevant to my life? Or what about this feels like it's teaching me something or that it's mm-hmm. holding some truth or, or trying to tell, you know, tell me something about, about some truth um, rather than just the fact. It's like a totally different way of engaging. That's so funny that you said, because I think that's really one of the, I think that's really the, the the real sort of tragedy of having, when we only sort of explore the Bible from sort of a literal perspective, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it makes it hard for anybody to get on board. (laughs) It's like, it makes no sense, but it's so, as we're talking about it, I'm like, why would we think that that was the way to engage with it like there there are so we like we as an intellectual and like science-based like culture also read books like we also read fiction we also engage with movies like why would why would we assume that the bible was actually like a a, like a history textbook (laughs) like yeah it's so interesting like I, I don't even know the way, that, the way that I mean, there's so many. I'm sure we can get into all of that. Like, not not, not the why, but maybe yeah. the why. I don't think it's unnecessary, but the why is always like. I mean, so much there that it's just. I feel like we forget just how sort of young, mm. from like a consciousness perspective, we are as a, as Western society is as as like this sort of, you know. <laughs> colonized you know uh uh, british empire kind of western society idea is still relatively sort of uh of young from a consciousness perspective and so a lot of the folks a lot of us i mean the availability to even question any of this 
has probably not been available for the masses for what like yeah, what <laughs> that's true very there's there's a very like short years. amount of time you know what i mean yeah. for people to even have space to even do that and so and then every other time that there was sort of a revolution of it happening people going wait a second wait a second there's been you know war 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 mm-hmm. it was like world war right before world war one it was like everything people were really popping they were like hold up wait you know what i'm saying it's just there's always some kind of shenanigans that shows up probably because it feels like for me that's a time of intense polarity right you're you're usually like you can't really hold on to this sort of cognitive dissonance that's showing up it's either you're you're oscillating from side to side and at some point there's a pop and unfortunately like a lot of the time that shows up is us acting out in like kind of violent ways uh, culturally, but like, it's really interesting. I think the time, the timing of it really places us in a really unique place in history to be able to kind of not only get the information, but get it out to everybody. Like we're having this conversation on, on YouTube. Right. That's fucking right. weird. Right. I can post this and, you know, somebody can see it, whatever, whatever. And I'm not saying this is like, you know, this is the litest shit of all time, but I'm saying like, <laughs> you know, I can get the litest shit of all time online and actually sit there and be with it and practice mm-hmm. it and, and bring that into my life. Whereas like, even when we were kids, like we remember the dumb shit we believed just because somebody said it and you just couldn't check, like, well, what am I checking? I couldn't check the end. He was just like, you bought that shit. Like, oh yeah. Like gum, stomach, seven years. Definitely. Is that not true? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Oh, shoot. <laughs> I just think that's so interesting. Fuck. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. Thinking about people not being able to read the Bible, you know, just because they couldn't, it wasn't translated into a language that they could understand or read and just having to take someone's word for it and someone's interpretation of it and I mean that's what's kind of interesting about the Jewish tradition is there's like the Torah which is like the Old Testament but then there's the Talmud which is and I'm like talking about as if I'm like I just realized the confidence with which I was speaking and I was like (laughs) I'm not an expert (laughs) but um then the Talmud is the text where like rabbis throughout time have debated and like spoken about their interpretation of the Torah. Mm -hmm. And you kind of like have to read both, um, which is kind of cool. There's like, it's like a living, I don't know if it's living, but I don't know if like people are adding to it, but like talk, you know, this kind of like living document, that's the discussion of like, okay, what does it actually mean? I love that. Fuck yeah. Which More of that, cool. please. I think a lot of that's been sequestered for Christianity into like the intellectual spaces and the intellectual circles. Because yeah. I think I read something the other day. It was a quote from like very close to when the Bible was first like first being popped out and stuff. Mm. And it was literally like for anybody, and this is a bad, I can't remember what or where it was, but it was essentially like to have it was this guy pretty much shitting on anybody who would ever have think to have a literal interpretation of the Bible. Mm. And like, just like, how would anybody do that? And it was very old. It was like, (laughs) it was closer to 2000 years ago. And, um, and I just thought that was so mind blowing to me because I, I, I definitely think a lot of stuff has gotten lost in translation. And I think the, the, one of the biggest challenges that you run into is when there is so much dope shit that has 
been able to come from that for, for a lot of people. When people are actually experiencing change and things that is tangible in their lives and they're attributing it to that, that's a sort of, that's tighter than any sort of book or any mm-hmm. preacher or anything that I can say. And so I think that a lot of the time when you fear sort of letting go of this thing that it's like, unfortunately for a lot of people treat like a little genie that's going to like make them happy and safe and stuff. It's, it's really challenging. I can see the, the reluctance to, to maybe question it. You know what I mean? I really like the idea of Jesus as a genie, like in a lamp. <laughs> When he said that, I was like, yes, I, I like that. Oh, bro. <laughs> Stop. Yeah, that's so funny. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's like, yeah, like it's kind of, um, I don't know. That's, kind of, I don't know. It's so interesting because it really takes on, it can take on like any role in someone's life, right? Based on their mm-hmm. own point of view, like based on their own, just like perspective, how they experience the world. Kind of like we're saying, like for you, you were able to connect to those stories right away. And that kind of did something for you in like this tangible way. For me, it was like, I was only connecting with it intellectually and like literally. And then, but then once I had that kind of perspective shift, I was able to like get that essence underneath that I wasn't able to tap into ahead of time. For others, it's like a a moral code book or whatever, where it's like telling, you know, which could be the same as any type of social rules, which I think are maybe some of the hardest things to let go of. Like if that's how you're engaging with the Bible, that's going to be deep (laughs) there, I think, because I noticed for myself, like with the rules of engagement and like social things where you're like, well, this is like what people in society do and should do. Like some of those things are like the hardest things to let go of. Luckily Mm -hmm. for me, I feel like, I think the Bible or some interpretations of the Bible influence that because I think as a Jewish person growing, I mean, I grew up in Orange County, California, which is like very Christian. (laughs) Like there's tons of Christians there. So I feel like I was going to say, I think it's sort of in the water everywhere. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's totally true. I think I definitely grew up in like a specifically kind of Christian area, but it's like, it definitely is in the culture. You can't really avoid it, even if you're not going to church or not engaging with it directly. Um, and it's in our, even I was just like thinking like the pledge of allegiance, like one nation under God, like it just like little sneaks in there a little bit, (laughs) (laughs) like no matter what, no matter what, if you live in America, uh, there's no, there's not really like a step a separation there between no no the nationality and the religion mm-hmm. more than just, some places but still there still it's still kind of floating underneath uh, mm-hmm. kind of a lot of of what everybody kind of I mean just nature of like the holidays and things it's like it's yeah really, totally how do you get sort of how do you and a, a lot of the time this sort of misunderstanding aspect of it is the the bits that are sort of circulated culturally. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's so interesting <laughs> to watch folks be like, this is so Christianity is dumb because of this thing and be like, right. Like, what do you, what do you think that this means? Like to be, and you're not anti like God, from a sort of mystical sense, you're sort of anti mm-hmm. the 
Judeo-Christian, fuck that, Christian version of God, right? Whatever, mm-hmm. like, is the sort of cultural shenanigans of that that yeah. you've kind of been like, this is bullshit. Well, yeah, no, like, <laughs> and I think that's always been, that was one of the funniest things that I think I ever, like, noticed when I was like, oh, you're not even, they, what, what do you think they're talking about? <laughs> totally. I mean, but in a way, it's like, you can't, you can't even understand, like you can really only understand things like as, as you're able to, <laughs> like you're like as your conceptual mind and like as your openness, like, I don't know, you know, because mm-hmm. we can have those kind of openings where we're like all of a sudden, oh, like I can, I have more understanding of that or I have more, ex- you know, openness to experience kind of that underlying thing. But there's not really a way to like teach that. Like it sort of has to be invoked somehow, but yeah. it can't really be done to you. Like there, it, no. it feels really complicated. So it's kind of like, no, like for you to read the Bible and, and you're understanding the essence, that's because you had that openness or you had that kind of like availability to understand that. Whereas like the kid next to you, could read it and just be like, I love boats <laughs> like or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. And animals, you know, yeah. Like what you thought, I feel like you said that earlier of like, you understand it from your, you know, whatever you, you, makes sense to you at the time or whatever you can like lock into at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somebody in the, the TikTok chat mm-hmm. asked uh, atheist or theist question mark. I think they're asking me, <laughs> I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on those those labels? How how you feel about that, Sarah? Where you at on that? What is the like? What is he at? Like, what's it literally the question just there? says atheist or theist question mark in the TikTok chat right now? Well, atheist <laughs> is like without the religion, right, or without God, and theist yeah, is with whole, it. Yeah. I don't know. It's so like the way that I relate to atheism is interesting because sometimes I forget that people are like still atheists just because I kind of like moved on from that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, sometimes yeah. I just start talking to people like about God or something. And I'm just like, I cannot just go into conversations, like assuming that we're on the same page. About nope. This. Nope. Nope. That um, word contains a lot of meaning, different meanings <laughs> for a lot of different people. Holy shit. Yeah. Big time. Um, but yeah, it's like, I don't know, because like when I was atheist, it was like from this very intellectual perspective mm-hmm. of being like, well, I don't know that there is a God, you know, I mean, I was more agnostic, but I was like really trying to be atheist, but I was just kind of like, you can, but my literally I was like, you can't prove that something doesn't exist. So I have to kind of be agnostic. Um, yeah. But I was like, kind of, I was almost like yearning for atheism but now I'm like, it sort of doesn't make sense. I mean, it makes sense from an intellectual. Yeah. If you're like, okay, I don't think there's like a guy in the sky with like a beard or whatever. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, sure. <laughs> like, yeah. Be atheist. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. It's so, I don't know. I don't know how people, it's such a, a personal experience of like how you're relating with the universe. It's like hard to, I think that's mm-hmm. why it's like hard to find words could- that have common meaning you could like because you could be on both sides of those and be relating yeah. to the university in the exact same way right you could be both of those totally. and be like 
saying the same fucking thing, but totally. just using different words, which is just like, I love my favorite, one of my favorite soccer guru quotes is like, you know, these words are a social contract that we have. Mm. Like uh, my boy, Jake was just like, they're containers, they're containers for meaning. And the meaning that you add to that is the thing that really kind of decides where we are kind of internally and saying that it's such a personal experience is, is really like eye-opening. It really makes me think of, um, like I, I get curious or rather this, this idea that I, that I say, I, I think people, it'd be really useful if we became curious what these terms are kind of pointing towards, like getting more precise about what like we mean when people are saying God, right? Mm -hmm. What are we, what are we doing? And I think the sort of the lacking of the ability to sort of articulate those aspects of things uh, really makes things challenging because it's like, oh, like, what do I mean when I say God? It's like, totally. Me? <laughs> right. How long do you have? Like, it's going to be my <laughs> beer for a minute, right? Like it's, 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 uh, it's a lot, but it's not. Um, and so I think that that really is always the inquiry that I'm curious about when I'm talking to somebody about that. Like, which, what do you mean? Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that as a society, we're really bad at that in general. Like, I think that comes up yeah. in politics all the time, all of these like phrases that are thrown about, you know, and hashtag, like, I mean, hashtags are the worst <laughs> like for yeah. that. It's like everyone, you're just saying a phrase or you're saying words or, and they could have totally different meaning. Like, and I think a lot of people get in fights about these things because they're, they literally don't understand what the phrase means to someone else or the word means to someone else. And yeah. it's like purely semantics, which is like so frustrating <laughs> because it's just like, do we need the conflict? Like it's so extra. Um, but yeah, I think that is like in a way rooted maybe in, in religious confusion, like religious text confusion of like not really inquiring, like what does this really mean? I mean, I always just come back to the you know, Adam and Eve story and like how much misunderstanding there is about that. Like the entire moral of the story is taken, you know, to, out of context or whatever. And, you know, even just the word sin or the word, it's like, uh, we, it's like, so it's so assumed there's so many assumptions made about it. And it's a word that's used so often and like so <laughs> much and applied to so many things. And we have no idea like what that even means <laughs> you know? I, I find um I think that may have been the straw that broke the camel's back for me is that really kind of made me go mm. like <laughs> at least for a bit right was um the phrases that didn't mean anything the the mm -hmm. jargon that I like the, the jargon like, perfect you, word yeah you, like this, you, you repeat this phrase Right. What does it mean? If you actually take any kind of inquiry, the answers that I would get would be these empty ideas of that that didn't actually mean anything. That could mm -hmm. just be whatever this person decided it meant today. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you're not. This is weird, right? <laughs> this is we're just saying the same thing, like we're repeating these phrases. And so, like, yeah, pattern recognition is something, you know. <laughs> A little neurodivergent. I'm like, hold up. Everybody's saying the exact same phrase. 
Yeah. And they ask you a question about something that's happening in their life today, right now. And you just said a phrase, like a jargon phrase that doesn't actually mean in like maybe it brings people comfort at some spaces. I'm not saying there isn't an inherent usefulness in it, but the the emptiness that I, I kind of started perceiving in sort of these kind of stuff that people would flippantly just kind of toss about. I just was like, ah, you know, all right. It just made me look a little deeper, like, uh, yeah, whoa. And it's so weird. Cause like Sam, uh, <laughs> just give my information on it. Yeah. Cause Sam will, Sam will be like, um, Sam talks about her experience with it and being sort of from the outside looking into, and she's like, it was always very sort of strange to her, mm-hmm. which I think is a super interesting take too. Cause I'm like, Oh, that's just, what must that have looked like to you? <laughs> Yeah, it looks like a bunch of crazy people in a cult. That's what it looks like. <laughs> like you know what I mean? I mean, <laughs> because people do, they just really, and that's what it would be. It would be so frustrating in high school when I was like talking to people, they'll just be like, you're going to hell. First of all, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, like Jesus loves you. Um, Jesus died for your sins. There's just like all of these, yeah, things that are repeated, and you're just like, but like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, and I feel like, like when you what are you actually down, Yeah, I would like, I would, I would frustrate all my freaking Bible teachers to shreds because I would j- legit would just be like, okay, but like, let's take, let's look at this story. What, yeah. Let's look at what's implied here. What you are implying right here, right now, and be like, this thing is like here and here, and I think that's something that like. When people from like atheists or whatever would like look at it, they'd be like, well, this and here, 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 this is what you've implied that this person, this thing decides who gets what. And that's where all those sort of crazy discussions right. and, and stuff happens. Cause it's like, when you break it down and you go piece by piece, you're like, these dots don't, this, that duck don't like, like, what is this? Yeah, totally. Yeah, where you're just like, I'm not following. I mean, and, you know, there's also the element of people using the stories for power. So it's like you can read anything you want sort of into a story and take meaning from it, which is maybe what happened with Adam and Eve. I don't really know. But this kind of, um, yeah, you just read into it and you're like, well, this serves my purposes as the person in power and with the money who's like looking you know to create some situation yeah Yo, you literally just described uh damn it I don't want to bring it up it's past people are it's past so I feel like we can talk about it again and it's okay. only been probably like three weeks but like you it? really just reminded me of my experience with that whole fucking Will Smith thing oh and how everybody like grabbed it and was like my corner my story my thing and this is what it means that and was... this is what it means for everybody and somebody else would be like well actually my story and this is what it means and this is what it means for everybody and just people are just and I'm just like nobody's was... and like it's just like how could Christians ever ever that 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 and I'm like are we not it's like are we not? It's, sorry this is the same dude like it's all like this is that's whenever anybody's like wants to shit on like people in the christian church stuff and you know fair enough i'm never gonna whatever but like i have so much compassion for the the sort of nature of that misunderstanding because it's not just to christians it's fundamental in the way that we sort of experience our reality mm-hmm. right now in general. Like, yeah. <laughs> we Which all, I, yeah. 
I think this kind of comes back to so story. I mean, we were talking, you know, before the podcast, what should we talk about? And we were talking about story and this is actually not the direction necessarily that that I had in mind, but it makes so much sense. And I feel like it's helping me understand also how I have been relating to the story, which is like more on a personal level of like, what are the stories that I tell myself about my life? Like what, like, what is, I mean, I think most people, I probably have it in, in a way less <laughs> to a lesser extent than a lot of people. Like I hear people like tell the story of their lives, like, but I feel like everyone has, maybe I don't have it to a less, like that maybe one story where it's like some type of thread where they're like, this happened when I was a kid and then this happened and then this happened and then this happened. And it's like, that's the story that they tell that kind of like defines their entire life. And maybe it's a maybe it's themes like mine is themed relationships. I feel like I don't have a ton of like story that I often repeat about other things, but I have like this like definite, like single thread story that I have been telling and building on. It's like, I've been writing it the whole, my whole life where when I was in fifth grade, I wrote this much of it. And then, you know, I was in middle school and I added to it And in high school. I added to it. And it's like, now I'm in my thirties and I've have this, you know, long thread of like, well, this is my relationship story. Mm -hmm. Right. But like how fragile is that shit though? Yeah. And being super, I mean, it's, yeah. And being super identified with it. And I, that's what I hear when other people tell their stories too. It's like, people are so identified with their stories, but yeah, then you kind of start to find cracks, but I kind of, I, I feel like I'm going to take it in another direction, but I want to bring it back to like, we have our personal stories. That's like how we perceive the world. And then we also, I think, interpret the stories that we hear. So movies that we're seeing Bible Mm -hmm. stories, whatever it is. And we're, through our own filtered story are then filtering those stories and all of the yeah. jargon that we're hearing everywhere. The Will Smith, Chris Rock situation, we're seeing that through our story that we tell about whatever, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, and yeah. yeah, that's just playing out. Like everyone is just has their own story and they're just telling literally everything that happens around them their their story their version of that story yes i literally yes <laughs> <laughs> oh no i've literally been that's so so you're thinking two things and it's just like first i think i think the function of the sort of meta narratives of the bible um is one that is a story interrupt right mm. they're written in a way that it's really i mean we did it you know we did it we over whatever how many years but I, we it's written in a way that even if you're jerking around with it a bunch and trying to add your meaning there's still like something that sneaks through there's still something there that kind of like like uh, maybe like i don't think anybody who like has that experience i think a lot of times will be like ah. and i think that uh is a, a deep connection to like that space of like, there might be something here. It's not this, but like, it's this sort yeah. of internal sense. And I think those stories are written in a way, it reminds me of like those movies, like from the eighties that like, I could never watch like into like my like teen years. I couldn't cause they like disturb my subconscious, but like mm-hmm. I could uh, 
uh, all those Jim Henson things that he did, which were just occult masterpieces, literally yeah. like the never ending story, any of those, like that stuff that would kind of reach into my subconscious and grab it by the throat, it would mm-hmm. really deeply affect me uh, in a different way than like Christianity did. And so I, I always am curious about the nature of how we've decided to put words together over time archetypally to tell stories that kind of push through your own mm. sort of bullshit story. But the story thing is very much sort of the nature of, it reminds me of our ego, our ego, right? Or the identity that we've sort of constructed for ourselves that we're constantly filtering everything through. And like, you're absolutely, I think I, I totally agree that, that our perceptions are um, by and large, just colored by this sort of psychological identity, like you said, that we're constantly adding to and then taking from. And it can be like, it's rough because in the beginning sort of, of your sort of awakening into sort of self-awareness, your, your realization, a lot of the time, what you're doing is dissecting that story. And that's fucking really important and useful and great, Mm -hmm. right. For people to do, to go, wait a second. And what we don't really kind of think about though, is that we are sort of working on the thing that we are identifying with, right? You're working on a story that you wrote. And so a lot of the time we spend that first little period, we're like trying to rewrite the story. That's positive thinking. Totally. That's, you know, that space of trying to like, okay, erase this, maybe go back and like, look at this. And this is this, da, 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 da. super useful, super important. But like, then there's a fucking U-turn switch like down the line where it's like, wait a second. I'm really trying to hold on to this story. Why am I holding on so tightly? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this is my diagnosis. This is my, I, I am this thing that happened in the past. I am this thought. I am this that, 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 that. And you're like, it's no longer like freeing. Now it's kind of the construct is working against you. And you're like, whoa, these fucking, the, I gotta, how dare you tell me that my diagnosis doesn't make me who I am? This is my story. Fuck you. Like, that's literally <laughs> what I'm, you constantly see is like, how dare you infringe yeah. upon my identity and my story? Shut yeah. the fuck up. How dare you? You're a bad person. And <laughs> yes. people can't, and we can't. And that's, it's so interesting watching us be there culturally because it's like, people go like, you know, oh, you know, things are as bad as they've gotten. It's just like, no, it's always darkest before the dawn. I think that's a real experience of people are we're reaching a sort of critical mass with the stories that we're telling ourselves and they are no longer like working for a lot of us and a lot of people are having to go wait a second Mm -hmm. I'm not this fucking story yeah that's the nature of mystery and spiritual inquiry is like wait if I'm not this story what the fuck am I and now we're cooking (laughs) yeah I I mean I think for so many people and for myself a lot of times it's hard to even see your story because mm-hmm. you're just living it and you just think that it's reality. Like if you think that something's reality, you don't think of it as a story. So it's like, I think it's oftentimes hard to even get enough space to see, oh, this is the story that I've been telling because yeah, we're just telling it. Like we're living it. We're in, we're the character in the in the store, like, and in I feel story. like when you were talking about the Bible and, and kind of, or even movie, any story that you can get immersed into, that's not your own story, I guess, like kind of what you were saying is like, 
has the potential to bring you out of your own story because now you're able to be in another story. And if you're able to be in another story, then how real is your own? You know, it's just your it's just your own mind either telling your story or engaging in this other story, you know. So it's like, oh, oh, if you can just go from story to story, then how rock solid is your own like identity? I am Sarah. And this is these are all my experiences um, like one, that can be. One, yeah. Throw in one like, new thing. You throw in one new thing to that story and it's completely different. Now you have totally. a completely different story right yeah that's flimsy that's like <laughs> it, kind of, it kind of offers that 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 breakdown if you're it's like oh you can get you can just pretend to be this other character then which one mm-hmm. is real and and neither of them are are real like it can draw attention to that which I think puts a crack in it for for me like I was telling the story that I was like oh guys like don't like me that's like always been my story like they don't want to be my friend they don't want to be my like lover they don't want to whatever like they don't want to be in a relationship with me and then like it was interesting because I I was having a conversation with someone and I was like literally telling that story (laughs) like we're like kind of talking about that experience and then I would like have these like little things pop up and I would be like you know for example I'd be like well David's my friend (laughs) like there's like that little crack, but then I was so attached to my story that I'm like, but that's different for some reason. Like, I don't, or that's an anomaly or like, whatever we like make excuses for something that doesn't fit into our story. That's just something else, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you start t- kind of having to acknowledge like that it can't be something else. Like it's a crack in my story and my story yeah. cannot be true. Like that story cannot be true. If there's these other like if there's these other experiences and it like kind of for like eventually I kind of saw like okay yes I have all my evidence I have all of my examples for why my story is true it's this and this and this those things it's not that those things aren't true like whatever if you have some traumatic experience or you're bullied or or you have you know whatever like diagnosed it's not that those things are not true it's just that they're not the whole, they're not everything. They're a really small piece of like a bigger thing. And that's just what you're focusing on. Like, that's what I kind of started to realize is like, it almost is like a big painting, like a big colorful painting. And I'm going, this is a yellow, a a yellow painting (laughs) or whatever. And I'm like Mm -hmm. only focusing on the yellow part of the painting. And I'm like telling Mm -hmm. the story of the yellow. And it's like, and then I'm going, oh, but there is red, but I'm like, no, no it's yellow. You know, I'm just ignoring it. It's yellow. And then, but then you start having to kind of acknowledge, well, you can't just say, you can't just say the red, the red is not there or that it's not, you know, whatever. Um, Well, it becomes paradoxical, right? Yeah. The the more you get there. And and, and there's a phrase that I think I, I was introduced first to by Tara Brock, the writer of Radical Acceptance. And, um, she did a lecture and in the, the phrase was called real, but not true which I, I thought yes. was like yeah. a perfect way of encapsulating yeah. that paradox in the sense of the story is real to an extent. And, mm-hmm. you know, as long as that's the game that you're playing, it's real. It's very fucking real. But is it the whole truth of the situation? Right. right. It's like I can I think really what we're kind of pointing towards is an actual lived direct experience of reality where mm-hmm. 
I know I can choose what stories I'm engaging in and I'm, but I'm not run by it. Right. I'm actually just living. I can acknowledge the ego that shows up, but it's not running the the show. But -hmm. I think you really hit the nail on the head when you said so, so much of the challenge there is uh, being given sufficient space to like go, Oh, I'm really, I'm really bought into my story. And I think it's even more challenging um, for, Hmm. <laughs> there's that little do I share this <laughs> what should I say <laughs> what do I, I say think about it can this? Be challenging for every I mean it's challenging for everybody for different reasons let me just not generalize I think everybody can it can be really challenging specifically when mm. quote good things have come from the story mm. right it feels like the story's sort of working for you which is why I think suffering <laughs> is kind of sometimes integral to a lot of our journeys because we're like that something here must be bullshit like I'm totally. doing something wrong you know what I mean like you really start questioning the validity of that thing a lot quicker when things are yeah but the positive but yeah it's like you have to be willing to question the positive thing too like am yeah. I so smart or whatever like the thing mm-hmm. is like if you're the and I think that is a lot of times people do have that, that positive story and then something happens to like undermine it or something happens yeah. where they lose their footing. And that's when they really like have that awakening. I had a friend who was like, there should be, you know, a spiritual growth or like personal development workshop that's only focused on the positive. <laughs> like, so you go in with your positive stories and <clears throat> you have to work with those instead of going in with your suffering and working oh, on the suffering. And I was like, that's a good, great idea. Like, I wonder if that would be more or less painful. I'm not sure. <laughs> no, that is hot. Yo, yo, yes. Oh, I love that. I love that as a, as a fucking yeah, let's look at that. Get rid of the fucking positive thinking. Yeah, like what are the things that you're that you think are so great? Like someone who's just like, well, I'm just like so beautiful, or I'm so smart, or I'm funny, or I'm a great f- family member, or like whatever those things are that we hold yeah. that are also part of our identity and part of our story. Um, yeah, but we don't want to question those things, <laughs> and that's mm-hmm. why I think the rewriting of the story doesn't work because we're just creating new story. Like ultimately we're not trying to get to a better story. We're trying to eliminate the story altogether so we can be present and it, not it, just be uh, reactive. It, I, don't, I don't know if it doesn't work, but it just works until it doesn't. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's like, true. It works till it, till it don't. Like the, I, I had a call this week or last week with someone who were talking about that sort of idea of sort of the, this is, this is, this resonates really big for me every time I say it, but it's just that idea of like constantly emerging as the new me. Ooh, this is the new me. Ooh, you're a butterfly that. every morning. A new yeah, like right, like I'm shedding that version, and it's like it's the new version. Yeah, and that's dope until it's not. Until you realize that the thing that's emerging is just uh, your ego giving you a bit more leeway because mm. the egoic identity will grasp onto anything. And what I mean by that, I, sh- I feel like I'm not being specific, is that sort of uh, self-obsessed thing inside of you that's constantly mm. analyzing and trying to figure out everything about your life. Mm-hmm. I think that that um, when we don't bring attention to that, like you said, that's really the sort of function of that thing. It's just grasping at identity. Like, this is who I am. I'm not that. Yes, I am. No, I'm not. I think I agree with this. I don't agree with this. I believe in this. I don't believe in this. I should be this. I shouldn't be this. And that's all it's doing. 
And it's like, it doesn't have any other fucking function except that it can't do anything but that. And like, literally that's the story. Like that's the whole fucking function of the story is like, does this support my story? Does it not support who I think I am? Identity, identity, identity. Mm -hmm. And so when you see that like nonstop sort of hum that's in your fucking head, you're just like, wait, like I can just notice that. And I think in the beginning, right, we very much want to have an intercourse with this thing. We want to like work it out, figure it out. Why did I do this? Why did I, my mom and cousins and yeah, I just, I, I hate, from. right. Yeah. Like what, you know what I mean? But then at some point it, you see how neurotic it you've become mm-hmm. constantly checking in to like experience the world through that story. You're not actually seeing people. You're seeing your idea of who those people are. You're not actually listening. It's just, that's like, for me, feeling the nature of that story sort of dissolve in front of you and just seeing it as like, oh, that's a thing. That's just happening. This thing that I don't get is me. Like this, this, whatever is like seeing that space, that's kind of more truthfully me. But the sexy thing is that the egoic space does, it will literally hijack that. It will go, <laughs> hmm, okay, now you're the awareness. I'll do that for you. I got you, dog. Yeah. Now, now we're the awareness. Now mm, we're the I'm awareness. Wholeness. I am oneness. I am the universe. Like, we do that shit, right? And then, like, the ego is, like, just sitting there, like, oh, yeah, right. I want, like, a shirt that says that. (laughs) Now we're the awareness. (laughs) I'm one with the universe now. It's, like, and then that's when people get caught up because it's just, like, that. I don't agree with that. I agree with that. And then just that belief shit gets janky Mm. really quickly. Mm -hmm. We cannot help but to attach ourselves to things and to conceptualize and what? It's a reflex. Yeah, it's a reflex. Yeah. I mean, I guess do we like get better with practice? I don't know. I feel like, yeah, it's really interesting with like the story thing. Um, I've been thinking about also how like the outside world like reflects. So like with my story thing, I'm like, okay, well, I have like this example, this example, this example, but then I had to start thinking, yeah, but I also have like this other example that these other examples that don't fit that I'm not telling that story that I never talk about, right? Like, Mm -hmm. oh yeah, there's, they're in there in my memory, but I'm not repeating that over and over again. Like, that's not what I'm telling my friends about. That's not, that's just not the story I'm telling. It's still there. I'm just ignoring it basically. Um, and that's really interesting, but I'm like, no, as we're like talking about this, I'm, I'm using this as therapy. Um, <laughs> I'm like noticing that like, it's still very external, right? And part of what's helped me break down the story is being like, oh, I'm having this experience with someone and that's like, going against my story. That's breaking that expectation of like what mm. my story is. Um which I think is helpful, but ultimately it's like, I'm still in this like story thing. So I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Like, can we ever engage? <laughs> like, how do we, it, can we engage in our lives without constantly having that mirror there of like taking what's being shown to us externally and like creating meaning out of it, I guess, <laughs> you know? Obviously, I mean, I think obviously I'm I'm always a yes and no kind of dude, but um, (laughs) (laughs) I really, really reminded me of um, that 
really I feel like what we're, we're, we're referring to is, is sort of the direct experience of reality as like a enlightened person, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's sort of what we're pointing to. And, you know, you can look at this thing in sort of stages, but, you know, there is the sort of moment of awakening, which I think is, is, a, is a crucial and important one. But then there's also these sort of other moments of sort of uh, maybe even recognizing the ego, Mm-hmm. the 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 self-critical whatever you know and then eventually sort of that falling away and then you sort of kind of identify with this deeper higher whatever self thing and then being kind of one with that and then at some point that falls away and then mm-hmm. that's when you've kind of been dropped into sort of a more direct experience now the sort of challenge that we run into when we're talking about that is truthfully you can't it's it's beyond conceptualization. So the egoic mind that's constantly saying, you know, um, this means this, this doesn't mean this. I agree with that. I don't agree with that. Can't conceptualize a state of being that transcends conceptualization, right? Your life doesn't stop being your life, right? Like you, you just start, yeah. mo- you yeah. move, you experience life differently, but it's not something that we can sort of mentally think about because it's more of a, like p- the question that people ask about that space all the time is like, you know, like, how do I make decisions? And the, the way decisions are made in that space don't necessarily add up to the sort of logical space in your brain. And so the sort of reluctance to that, to die actually, right? To die on your cross, to allow the ego to die and actually experience the kingdom of heaven is to say, you know what? I don't need the story. Like, that's cool. I'm gonna, I, it'll be there probably. I don't know, but like to really jump, that's the leap of faith that I think we all sort of end up taking uh, as we sort of progress uh, spiritually and mature, mature spiritually is that sort of leap of faith to be able to recognize that, oh, you know, the egoic story that I've told myself my whole life, I, I can leave that. Mm. And I think initially there's a there's a tendency to want to, well, because we were so used to working with the story and like playing with it, there's a tendency to want to like mm. only sort of focus on when the story is happening. But like you said, like there's a, there's a powerfully transformational usefulness in the sort of, um, practice like spiritual practice being being with someone and just listening to them mm-hmm. being outside and being silent being by yourself mm. and spending time sort of bathing in the silence of you the part of you being with the part of you the deepest part of you that isn't connected to that story that isn't being run by that story that's observing that story and it feels like the more time you spend with that I mean, it just it starts washing over you in all kinds of other ways. It's like you're being baptized by your own self and you're waking up to, oh, you know what? I can just go to the grocery store. I know I have a story about like social, whatever the fuck, but like, what if instead of trying to say, does this match up to my story? I just notice that story and go, that's a story and keep going, mm-hmm. right? And just start working from that space. But I think a lot of the time in the beginning, it's important for folks to sort of, loosen that by dismantling those stories and playing mm-hmm. with them and moving things around and turning into like the new me and the new me totally right I was just thinking like as you were talking about that I was like wow I you know in my whole like unfolding of the story process like I feel like I'm in a way like actually really enjoying being sort of identified with the person who is 
unraveling this story. Like there's something like enjoyable about like, now I'm sort of like identified, like I'm not as identified with like the story, but I'm like identified with the story about how I'm like coming out of the story. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean, and I'm like kind of, and in a way I'm like, oh, that's, that's kind of a good place to be. Like I'm to acknowledge like, oh, I'm enjoying being in this space too. Of Like, I know that this isn't, you know, um, like the the ultimate truth or whatever like this isn't where I'm going to be forever but this is like a fun place in a way for like my mind and my experience and I feel like I'm learning a lot and I'm like having this new experience and like that's really fun I could at any moment like go to that kingdom of heaven thing where I'm like none of this fucking matters (laughs) like everything I could just dissolve it right now I don't have to even like ever think about it again really but I think there's also an element too of acknowledging like that ego and that story I think it does change over time and like it can dissolve to varying degrees but there's always gonna be like our mind is always going to conceptualize like our we're always gonna be in story like I don't think we'll ever be free of that but it's just how sort of like quickly can we can we recognize that we're in it or whatever like how right it's like that level of identification like how identified are we in any given moment and can we spend more and more time outside of the identification even if the thoughts are happening and even if we're telling these stories or you hit on something that I think is you really kind of made me think about the sort of Fibonacci sequence for a second there and (laughs) wow like well just I think that that's a few things I feel like, first of all, like that, that idea that we're never going to be sort of free of conceptualization. I, I don't think I mean, I'm not pointing towards a freedom from conceptualization. I'm really literally pointing to like a state of no self. That's like an actual lived state that people can actually live in. This is documented. It's not. But like all the time. I mean, like there are, th- these states are permanent. Like you can, that's a point. And here's the thing, permanent meaning in the sense of sort of the Fibonacci sequence, in the sense that yeah, the line has gotten closer to the the, mm. the middle point, but it's indistinguishable. Mm-hmm. It's like zero, 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 zero point, whatever, 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 whatever. We're like, it's 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 just like you can't. It's not. There are no longer these sort of big swings and disconnects and dropping in the story and buying on your thing. Yeah, it's just gotten yeah. so close that it's indistinguishable, right? Yeah. And so it's not like, and so yes and no, right? But it wouldn't look to to, to us. It looks like a straight line for all intents and purposes, from like a relative sense. It's like, yeah, but of course they can never actually touch the line. That's just the nature of having a body and being in reality, right? right? Um, having a mind. But I also think that like that sort of sentiment uh, of being like, oh, you know, well, even trying trying to do something or hit something, but I, I think there's also this kind of, let me back up because there's actually something you made me think about, which was the nostalgia of letting go of your story, of letting go of the the sense. Because a lot of what we're pointing towards is letting go of the sense of accomplishment that comes with mastering your story, mm-hmm. with being the hero of your story. Like when you are not engaging with it, you have to also drop the pride of accomplishment. That's the nature of humility. Like that leap of faith is into like, fuck, whoa. Like the way, and it's not to say that that story in some degree or another doesn't exist, but my relationship to it is no longer that it has controlled who I am. Like, this is the thing. I can't carry that sense of accomplishment necessarily because 
what was there to accomplish. I just dropped the story. Mm-hmm. Just stopped. I like stopped interacting with this space. Right. And it's like, I didn't, you didn't do anything. You stopped <laughs> right. doing so fucking much. Right. And like, there's that, that's not sexy. Like people don't want that. It yeah. feels good to constantly, like the, the people that's sort of a weird trap that I think we've all fallen into is that space of like constant healing, mm-hmm. constant epiphany, constant catharsis. Cause feels good to be a new person. Look at me. I fucking did it again. Oh no, I suck again. Oh no, wait. Oh, look at the new me now. It's like fucking yeah. go, 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 go. It feels good. It's like, yeah. there's no greater hit of like cheap dopamine than turn it into like the, the new version of yourself every fucking two days. Like, are you kidding me? Yes. <laughs> that, yeah. It's hard to let go. You're not the doer anymore. You're mm-hmm. also no longer sort of running the story the way that you think that you want to. Like, there's a certain, mm-hmm. there's a measure of control that has to be relinquished to something that has nothing to do with who you think you are. Mm-hmm. That's rough for people. That's fucking like, <gasps> like the, that always was an indicator to me of something uh, faith wise that made sense to me. Cause the faith that I was taught kind of growing up in the Christian church never felt like it cost me anything. I was like, how hard is it to say that I believed in a person that like felt, I mean, the story's kind of wonky, but sure. I just have to say it. Cool. Well, you know, you got to like follow these rules. Well, these rules don't make a lot of sense. And most of you aren't following the rules. So what are we doing here? Like that never felt like it cost me anything, but letting go of who I think that I am and all yeah. the stories and the, the love, the, 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 the judgment and all the crap and stuff attached to that and jumping into something that I can't actually conceptualize. That feels like faith to me. I'm like, fuck. Okay. That's life. Mm-hmm. Got way too high there. I'm sorry. But like, I love that. I mean, and I like, I love what you're saying about the, I, I think my spiritual teacher called it like the great path of or the great something of becoming like this constant I'm oh, what uh, becoming right it's like you get trapped in yeah. the becoming of it instead of just the being which is why I love that the kingdom of heaven is at hand which he also repeats all the time and I repeat to myself of just like yeah you can you literally just can be there at any moment like <laughs> Like, like, you don't, there's no becoming in that. That doesn't exist there because there's not that sense of time, first of all. And there's not that, yeah, like sense of identity. And I mean, time is a big, <laughs> that's a whole other topic, but I feel like that plays into this. That's a huge element of this, right? Yeah. Like you our sense of time. hit on that, that, um, that a practice that I, I, I kind of started implementing in my life. Uh, years ago, which was I, before I reach for a tool, I'm, I'm still mm. like, when I want to grab something to be like, oh, um, this will make it better. Or I'm like, oh, like, let me look at this book. And there's this really interesting thing that this person said that will like fix me or whatever. I practice being still for like a minute to two minutes, mm. just right. And b- before I go and grasp that to kind of consistently sort of hit home on the awareness of that like we're not doing anything here Mm -hmm. right we're not there's nowhere to go there's nowhere there's nothing to become right this thing is used this tool that we're about to reach for is the thing that that's going to point us to what's happening right now the stillness that is just there Mm -hmm. and then reach 
uh, that that was really transformative for me. I think that was really useful. Yeah, I think I need to start implementing that. I feel like my mind has been having its way with me, to be honest, <laughs> the last <laughs> bunch of uh, months. <laughs> I feel like it's just like this constant um, attempt at it's just grasping at stuff. Like it just wants to think about stuff. Like that's what a mind does. Like it just wants to think about stuff and it'll just do anything to like have something to think about. <laughs> Literally. Uh, and there's infinite, we can do that all the time. Obviously, like we all do that all the time. Um, think about stuff, <laughs> but yeah, it's like comes back down to that identity. Like how much are we identifying with our thoughts? How much are we believing them? How much are we, you know, are we, are we, believing them so and taking them so seriously that we take action on them that's like sort of I think the most you can believe in a thought is like letting it inform your actions Mm -hmm. we can think of believe it so much that we ruminate on it for a long time that's also like a form of really taking that seriously um we can think about it so much that we like write about it I mean that's why I think art is so awesome because it's kind of like another a, a another way of kind of like allowing it space, but not necessarily Mm -hmm. taking it seriously. Like, you know, having these stories in our minds and creating pieces of writing out of them or pieces of art out of them, which allows them the space, but kind of like lets it like releases it in a certain way. Yeah. That's so like, you know, and the, the way that story is structured, Mm -hmm. um, I think is the most hilariously insidious thing to me because uh, I've, I mean, I said this before that we're all kind of Pokemon saying the same thing over and over again. It's like the only story that we can tell is the story of consciousness. We can't actually say anything else. So we have this sort of perennial story that we're just telling ourselves like you're enough. Amen. You were enough. Hey, it was in you all along. Hey, you're enough. Hey, like we're literally every story. We can't say another story. Like yeah. every story forever. Ad- now they come off in varying degrees of clarity, but at the end of the day, there's one moral. Like you either take a W or you take an L. Like you either knew you were enough or you didn't. Like that's it. And so I think that's hilarious how you say like it creates space because it's almost like it's, um, it's like, for me, it feels very much like because the stories that we tell are imbued with this sort of perennial truth, the structure of them naturally sort of reinforces that truth. When we create story, it feels like that sort of instance of when God, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that he so ever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. It's like for you so loved the universe of the world for you that you created this story and because of the space that's created when you actually experience in that story the awakening that happens over the course of that story you don't perish but you have everlasting life because on the other side of that is the falling away of ego and the diving into into the mystery of everything and it's a story that you created for yourself like for me that's like really interesting <laughs> is this like also the story of like the resurrection I've been thinking about the resurrection the whole time we've been talking 
that's what comes up for me, honestly. Uh, and that's not just me. I've read some books and Eckhart, Eckhart, not Eckhart, Meister Eckhart talks about that uh, being God or becoming like becoming God, but not in like a becoming God type sense, but in the sense yeah. of just that sort of the, the death of this sort of egoic structure of Christ and mm. the resurrection into sort of the space of the kingdom of heaven. Um, mm. And like, it's, yeah, that's, that's what comes up for me when, when we're just letting go of sort of, you're allowing that story to die. And the, the drama of that is like, I think really poignant in how our sort of egoic space grasps at like, Hey man, don't go. I'm going to poke holes in this direct experience. The kingdom of heaven. That sounds like bullshit. You can't, there's, you're not going to be able to make decisions. You're not going to have any friends. You're not going to be able to relate to anything. You don't want to be there. Yeah. And that what are like, you even going to do? What are you even going to do? How are you going to, how are you going to live? And that feels like Jesus yeah. in the garden of Gethsemane being like, I don't want this. Like God, like take this from me. I don't want this. I don't, I thought I wanted to die. I'm good. You can just keep it. And like, even like in the story of Christ, it's so pivotal that he gives up the ghost. It says Christ gives up the ghost, which I think is such a crucial detail that it was like, I chose to do this. Mm. Like, especially since it was like established over the course of the gospel that he's like that, that dude, like even the guy, we gets on the cross and a couple of them and the guys were like, Hey, you're the Christ. How about you hook it up? My guy, like, what are you doing? And I think that feels like the sort of, once again, that ego sort of grasping at its last vestige of survival. Like, come on, man. When you think you're a thought, it, it, the idea of that is just devastating. It not being there, me taking no thought, which is another sort of Eastern term for, for moving from that space, is like devastating to something that only knows itself by thinking. It's like a death. It's a proper death. And so, yeah, the resurrection into the kingdom of heaven requires a tremendous amount of faith, I think. But yeah, I mean, yeah, letting go of every I'm just having flashes to um, some things that I've been really holding on to (laughs) (laughs) and how painful it's been to let them go like and that's like very confused, you know, it's like things where I'm like, why, why can't I just like let this go? Like, I don't understand the, I don't understand the gripping of it. You know, it doesn't feel like it's like, but obviously there's like part of me that feels really identified with these things. And, and just, I'm like, I'm just flashing to like the, the pain that I've been experiencing in the last few months of like letting that go and and so I'm just thinking god like this is really um for humanity like such a thing <laughs> like like this is not e- an easy that we're talking about it in an easy way and like sometimes things are easier than others and some mm-hmm. you know I feel like that's in a way like where grace comes in sometimes of of peeling those fingers back <laughs> right (laughs) what a beautiful description of grace thank you so much for doing that yes yes absolutely right that's the nature of the guru that's the nature of fucking just grace from whatever anything like having those moments where just for inexplicably you're just like dropped in and you're like oh right Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. there's nothing to do but you really felt I feel like the mourning of that like we, we really do mourn those that that identity it's mm-hmm. it's a death of sorts it's just it feels like it's like oh my god <laughs> yeah and that could be your own way that you see yourself that could be um 
you know, like for example, oh, I was so smart and now I'm losing my memory or like whatever the thing is that could be, I was very beautiful as a youth and now I'm getting older. That could be, um, a relationship that could be like a job that you are really attached to. Like we attach and identify with like so many things and different people attach and identify with different things could be like a quality of themselves could be like some external person or some work that they're doing or the house that they live in, like their family, like we, there's so many options. (laughs) We're provided with a a, a wide variety of options of things to attach to in our lives and be identified with. And then at the end of the day, like we have to let them all go. I mean, we don't have to, I guess. I mean, we are going to die, but. Yeah. But yeah, letting. Letting that go is is weird. It can be weird. I think also because it, it was the sort of nature of the construction of our sort of matrix too, right? Mm. We're two years old and we're we're conceptualizing things. So and we're immediately identifying with myself and something else. Mm. But I think that when we don't cultivate that space internally towards an older age, we aren't really taught how, as Sadhguru says, we're not given the user's manual for our sort of internal states of being. Uh, and we don't actually question it usually until, you know, something a lot of the time. And I guess that's sort of what people mean when they're saying reducing the stigma of mental health. A lot of the time that, you know, uh, we don't question things until things, something goes wrong when you're outside mm-hmm. of the paradigm, but the paradigm is fucked. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, if you're going totally. along with like normal, you're going deeper and deeper and down the rabbit hole of silliness. And it's like, you know questioning that space questioning whoa I know when I was two years old I learned this was me and that was a tree Mm -hmm. but hear me out what if we're the same fucking thing Mm -hmm. what if I don't exist without that tree and that tree doesn't exist without me and this environment is all interconnected like that completely shifts the way that we experience life yeah I remember reading Alan Watts and I remember like actually this like one very specific thing where my friend just goes, the inside is the same as the outside. And I was like, what? Like, what does that mean? I was like really thinking about it. Like, what does that mean? I have no idea. And then I remember like reading some Alan Watts thing and it like painted a, a picture for me and I was like oh like it clicked in like exactly what that meant which is exactly what you're saying of like and I think I just listened to um a video that you did about this too and I was like brought back to that moment um of like right we we cannot exist without the sun so is the sun part of my body like yeah I mean yes you like where do we find those boundaries between ourselves quote unquote and others are like completely arbitrary. Like, and I think it's easy to see that in a way with like a fetus situation where it's mm-hmm. like, when does that baby become like its own? Like, first of all, is like the egg separate from the mom? Like, how do we even break down, first of all, our own bodies? Like, who mm-hmm. are we? Like, is that egg? me is it just like part of me that's like is it just inside of me but it's something else and like like when does that you know if the baby's like inside the mom like is that one being is that two being like when we really start to think about these things it's like yeah like boundaries are completely arbitrary we can't really 
um, separate ourselves. And you were kind of in this video talking about like, yeah, the environment, like the sun or whatever. It's like how we, we don't exist in a void. So what does that mean for our, our identity? Right. Though, like, it's really not true. Like the multiplicity, the differentiation through multiplicity is, is brilliant. Cause it's like, it's the same thing, but Mm -hmm. at the same time, that tree is going to hurt you when it falls on you. Like that shit is very fucking real. Is it really a tree? Is that really what it is? Is it really? No, it's not. It's not. I mean, rather, is it truthfully that? No, that doesn't make any fucking sense. Obviously, there's no humans that don't exist without this environment. It just doesn't mm-hmm. happen, at least not the way that we're made up, right? And so mm-hmm. that's very true, but it's also the relativistic nature of how real things are that we have created these separations are also very real mm-hmm. and sort it's of both. balance balancing. Yeah, it's both. Balancing Can we that hold paradox. that? Yeah, exactly. exactly. That can only be held sort of in experience, yeah. like <laughs> experientially. And when you pull it out in pieces, you know, people have those like weird spiritual fights, those philosophy fights where they oscillate from one totally. side to the other. Like, oh, you know, you can't be like, oh, conception. No, I am one. That's the sort yeah. of uh, that very uh, early new agey space of like, I am the oneness, I am wholeness, that's it. And it's like with a disregard or vice versa, like, oh, yeah. it's all yeah. about the groundwork and the that's that space. But like, that's what happens when the ego gets a hold of something that it can't conceptualize. It pulls it down into polarity and it's like mm. material and spiritual, but totally. really what the inside is the outside and the outside <laughs> is the inside at the same time. Like it's, like if you yeah. draw like a like the image of the tide that I had was okay if you draw a square with like pencil on a wall it creates an outside and an inside but it's still just the wall yeah <laughs> you didn't actually create two separate spaces you created like the perception of two separate spaces and you created you added some graphite to the <laughs> environment <Yeah. laughs> whatever but it's like yeah, like how do we hold both of that and like how, and our you know our perception matters, but like can we like switch it back and forth and um yeah, so it's so interesting. Like I love this conversation because it's just like bringing me back to yeah that time when I was like kind of first awakening and like realizing this and that was like so such a fun <laughs> such a fun time, and I feel like can't remember what I was gonna say. Never mind. <laughs> I feel like there's been so many things that I also, oh, I want to just like quickly, we probably can't talk too much longer, but um, you were talking about like, there's something you said about labels. You didn't say label that word. Oh, but there was something about like, oh, with mental health, I think this is a huge thing. Like that, Mm -hmm. getting that diagnosis can be really helpful when you're feeling why yeah. am I like this or whatever, but then letting go of that and like how labels can serve kind of both of those purposes of, of solidifying when you need that. And then that, that can become an entrapment too, like, yeah. which is sort of that a boundary. And I guess that can be yeah described as anything of like the boundary of like who I am and myself can be really mm-hmm. helpful at times. We can't just be like floating in the universe of the water of the universe, whatever Which is what the ego imagines, by the way, which is what it imagines that's like. It's like, oh, you'll be right. Floating. Totally. Because that's the only way it can conceptualize that. <laughs> right. That's a good point. So it's like, 
yeah, it's like these labels can and and these identifications can serve to bring us into something and to kind of solidify something. And then they can also become this entrapment. So just being like really aware and maybe that's maybe that's a similar thing to like the what's inside. It's the same as what's outside, like this constant. I mean, it, right now I'm like doing this motion with my hands and I'm like, is that that's just the same thing as like breath. It's just the same thing as everything. It's everything. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, it's so you, yeah. th- what you said about the, um, I think really one of the biggest challenges is specifically when we talk about stuff like mental health is uh, it's extra solidified because of the fact a lot of it is tied to um, if I said, hey, man, what is that pointing to? Like, what is that idea pointing to? The understanding around a lot of it from a sort of uh, scientific materialistic paradigm is by and large connected to your body. Hmm. And that feels tactile and that feels like real to people in their heads. Uh, and so that can be, that solidifies it even further. Like, oh, well, the meaning that I've given to this thing that's in my body that gives me this diagnosis or whatever is that's something I just, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And this is exactly what I'd see. I have the whole thing. And because maybe because Part of the biggest challenge, I think, when we talk about sort of traditional spaces of, of, of that kind of mental health uh, outside of the realm of sort of maybe a more uh, esoteric or mystical or spiritual tradition is not necessarily having a felt sense or deeper understanding of what we're really pointing to, which is a space of no self, mm-hmm. right? Having someone in that space a true guru, a true master who can hold that paradox in real time and see the sort of be able to kind of thread the needle of, hey, yes, diagnosis, real thing in your body, real, how you feel about it, how you interact with that, how much you allow that story to dictate who you are is entirely up to you. And being able to do that in real time, I think is is, is a challenge because the thing that we're kind of pointing to is not something that a lot of people touch literally ever Mm -hmm. like right now more and more are, but like even to have a sort of momentary moment of transcendence of the self is kind of a big deal. And to be able to have the wisdom and the, the awareness to know that on this sort of mental health journey that we're taking all roads kind of lead to enlightenment. They don't really do any. This is where we're going. Having the ability to bring that to the beginning and go, hey, I just want you to listen to me right now, right? You just listen to the words that are coming out of my mouth and maybe, or drop them into a meditation or grace, Mm -hmm. having a grace of a guru to be like, hey, pattern interrupt immediately. It's the moment, I don't know if you've seen Dr. Strange, but in the, this, this Marvel movie, he comes in and he's talking to the ancient one and she just drops him in. She just hits his third eye and blows his back out. And he's like, everything I thought I knew was bullshit. Like giving somebody that sort of experience and then being like, all right, though, but we are going to work on these stories. There's some issues here. There's some traumas. There's some things we need to work out and talk about, but like starting you there. So, you know, Mm -hmm. like, boom, oh shit, bet. Right. Yeah. And I think I feel really, Um, yeah, I think that I feel really lucky because I think that's sort of how it happened for me, where I like had this sort of like awakening out of my own identity. But then it's like, I had that and I still had all my thoughts and stories. So it was like an interesting, like, and like my recent work has been 
about, yeah, like identifying my thoughts, being able to recognize, oh, I'm having a thought. Oh, that's just a habit. Oh, look, oh, there that is again. And like kind of recognizing like the familiarity of it and the habitualness of it and being able to kind of like let that go. And I, for a long time, that was really confusing because I was like, but I have this enlightenment. Like I already know this, like I already know all these yeah. things like, to a feeling, you know, like I really can embody it, but that doesn't stop me from getting lost into my story as well. So it's like, you kind of have to just do both. I, I, I don't know what it would be like to be doing that work without having that enlightenment sort of experience. Like, yeah. Um, I know a lot of people don't have that and they're just doing the meditation and they're just doing all the work without having that maybe like transcendence and that, that is dedication. <laughs> like I can't imagine like why people, right. I don't know. And I, I think a lot of time, unfortunately that makes it a lot harder too. Yeah. I can make it harder for folks to even like be able to like take a leap of faith of that. Mm-hmm. But I also do think I see very much this, this sort of spectrum of awakening, you know, in a real way, like yeah. everything isn't necessarily going to be these kind of knock down drag out type situations. Yeah. And, um, but I think a lot of the time, like, you, I'll see folks is like depolarization sort of begin to happen and they're like just breaking down like it's usually a phase of like uh, let me tell you why this is bullshit type thing and you mm-hmm, just totally. at some point you're like wait I can make everything bullshit and then that's a kind of awakening of sorts you're like oh wait it's all on me and and then that kind of loosens and loosens and loosens until uh, mm-hmm. you know sometimes there's a kind of drop dropping in a way but I, I do think that yeah that's hard. Uh, that can be really challenging for people when they, when it's all you kind of know. And man, yeah. Like, how do you tell someone you're not, you're, you're, you're not you, <laughs> you're not, you're not your identity. You're not your story. Like that, that would make no sense. You know, me pre that experience, that would, yeah. would make no, it would make no sense at all. Like, I would just be like, okay, like you need, well, you're making a great case for gurus, man. Like seriously, that's, that's what they do though. That's what they do. I had, I had like my, one of my acting coaches, she was like a guru for me in that regard. Mm. And she was like, sweet with me but like I definitely have other gurus in my life that are like they'll they can (laughs) you're telling yourself the story I remember actually my acting coach back to her she one time I said something I said something I was telling her why I felt like I was happy she had like just praised the scene that I had done she was like oh that was a really good scene and I was like yeah man I had a rough time with it because of blah 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 story and she just looked me dead in my face and was like oh I can see how that's true for you and I was like and that like, stuck with me, right? <laughs> totally. She just dropped it in my soul and kept it moving. And I was like, what? And now I can say, oh, there was a story there right. that I had like bought into and it was true for me. And she recognized that. Mm-hmm. And it, she didn't have to say like, I agree or I disagree, but it was like, I can see how that's true for you. Mm-hmm. And that 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 space I think is something that can be really challenging, especially when you are also sort of in the process of sort of dissecting the story, trying mm-hmm. to ascertain meaning from the story to have the, the ability to kind of do both, I think is the, the true skill of a master, an actual spiritual master, which, yeah, that's why that's a great reason to have them. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I, I have not really had like gurus really. I mean, I feel like I turned to Alan Watts I call him kind of like my first spiritual teacher and I was able to learn from having my own 
spiritual experience through, you know, psychedelics and then having Alan Watts to kind of break apart some of these concepts for me. And then I also had like friends around, like, I feel like I was like luckily in a situation that fostered, um, that fostered that, um, (laughs) uh, but yeah. And I feel like I haven't really had like, and then like, obviously, you know, people like you, like, I feel like I've always been able to find in a way, like peers who have been that way. Like I've never really had like a guru guru. Yeah, Although I've had some spiritual teacher. What? So you got that Oprah swag. Oh yeah. Sure, for sure. Like <laughs> it's just like it's just Oprah at some point you you interviewed Deepak Chopra enough times, it's gotta revolve in some kind of way. Shit. Like you know what I mean? Like you just like it just feels like you just you recognize it and you're able to people do kind of gravitate around you your uh your inquiring mind. I think it's, yeah, the curiosity, I think that's a key. Like if you can Mm -hmm. find curiosity and and intention, if you can have intention, even if you're like, this is like my probably main practice is I have intention about something where I'm like, I want to know about this thing that I don't understand. Like I could be like, I want to understand love and relationships that I'm not really understanding. I have no idea how to do that. Right. Mm -hmm. But then you just say, that's my intention. And you just hold it and then you just get really curious about it. And you're like, I don't know. I don't know the answer to this right now, and, mm. but I'm going to let something in. So if it's like something where you're like, I haven't really had a spiritual experience. I haven't really, I don't really know what it means to transcend the self, but I'm, I'm curious about what that means. So you don't have to go mm-hmm. looking for it. It's not going to be in your mind. Right. Um, one of my like mentors kind of says, I guess I have mentors, gurus. Um so maybe I do, but she says like, if your mind is thinking it, it's not new. Like anything your mind is thinking is stuff that's already been in there. <laughs> like you can just pretty much count on the fact that that's not wisdom coming from up high, <laughs> like essentially. Yeah. Um, so it's like having that curiosity and just being like, okay, I'm not going to find it with my mind, but I'm just curious. What is like, what does that mean to transcend the self? Just being really I mean, I think I kind of started that way too. Like my first question was like, what is my soul? Like, I want to find my soul. Like, what does that mean? I was just like, hmm, (laughs) you know? And like, I had a series of experiences that kind of led me to having like, I guess an understanding of like what that is. I mean, do I know my soul? I don't know, but I have that. I have, you know, a series of spiritual (laughs) things. That's a great place to stop because I think that was perfectly, purposely, perfectly encapsulated that space of not knowing. Thank you so much. Yeah, this was great, Combo. I loved it every second. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you for rocking with me.